So um, yeah, this will be this will be the first time I claim victory uh, on our podcast, and you know what? I'm going to do my victory lap. Thirty-two hundred bucks. That's what he gave me. Thirty-two hundred bucks for a lifetime. Wasn't even enough to pay for the coffin. Hello and welcome back to Plot Stoppers, the podcast where we try and stop the plot of a movie. My name is Pat, and with me, as always, my buddy Mike. Hello, Patrick. How are you? I am looking forward to our show tonight. Oh, I know you are. Uh, well, I know why you are. Can you tell everyone else why you are? Well, we're going to be covering the cinematic classic Goodfellas tonight. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. That is our, uh, I believe, the second Martin Scorsese film that we are pumping the brakes on. We are, and he's going to be writing us angry letters at some point. I'm sure. I'm sure. He's raising a massive eyebrow right now at us uh, in disappointment. Like a Eugene Levy eyebrow. Is getting yes. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about Goodfellas, Mike? I can, and we will do out. We will do that throughout the entire show. But I will read the Wikipedia entry, at least the first paragraph. Perfect. Let's see what this has to say. Um, it says, "Goodfellas," stylized "Goodfellas," is a 1990 American bio- biographical crime film directed by Martin Scorsese, written by Nicholas Pileggi. Am I saying that right? And Scorsese, and produced by Erin Winkler. It is a film adaptation of the 1985 nonfiction book *Wise Guy* by Pileggi. It stars Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, Joe Pesci, Lorraine Bracco, and Paul, Paul Sorvino. The film narrates the rise and fall of mob associate Henry Hill and his friends and family from 1955 through 1980. It's pretty good. That's a pretty good overview, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you? Did you ever read the book uh, that this was based on? Uh, I did not read the book, but interestingly enough, I had a friend in college who apparently, um, if I remember the story correctly, her mom was an editor and was friends with uh, Henry Hill's wife. Ooh. Karen Hill. Karen Hill. All right. Well, that's kind of cool. That's an interesting uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, but uh, so no, I have not read. That's the short way of saying no, I have not read the book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, have you embarked on the, on the on the? I I did actually. Um, the I have to say this is one of the closest book to screen translations I think I've ever seen. Um, almost to the point where I I'd say if you've seen the movie, you don't need to read the book. The only part of the book they left out apparently. Henry Hill and Associates had a uh, a point shaving scheme with, I believe, college basketball. I don't think I ever made it to the pros, um, and that was yeah. the only part of the their, you know, their get rich quick. Um, I guess I don't I don't know what you would call those little revenue streams they had going on, uh, <laughs> but that was one of the ones income. they I had. Think it's they called income. Really, yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, You're right, though. I, I think I've heard that, too. The famous point shaving scandal in the 80s. I think they claim to take credit for it. I could be mixing stories here, but I think they are taking credit for that. They were involved with one of them, I think, but then they got yeah. out of it because, um, according to Henry Hill, the the players, which I think this is funny, the players were not uh, they weren't reputable enough. Like they'd say, OK, yeah, we're going to we're going to we're going to throw this game. We'll shave a few points and then they would have like the game of their lives. And, he, you know, after they're putting money on the game for them to, you know, either lose. I, I guess the point is of point shaving is to not cover the spread, but still exactly. win the game. Yeah. So that way you can save some face. Right. You know, that's, you can get the guys to actually, oh, yeah, well, we're still winning the game. Remember, the? I don't know if you know Blue Chips well enough, but there's a good scene about that. Oh, we no. We won the damn no. game, coach. We won the damn game, you know. Oh, but they were throwing it to, to like, make a little side cash. Yeah, which, you know, in fairness, good for them. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you can't. I mean, the NCAA was pretty. Is it the NCAA? Yeah, they're they're yeah. pretty pretty strict about uh, about income in college. So <laughs> yes, it's just not for themselves. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So it's anyway, a yeah, show. The, it's it is it's a great book, but uh, it is it is very well translated by Martin Scorsese and in the movie Goodfellas. So it's really you don't even really need to read it. Um. So um, sorry for bringing that up. That was actually pointless. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, we're trying to figure out if there's a difference between the book and the movie, and you're saying like, yeah, they just left one thing out, so. They covered yeah. most of it. I think this is good. I It certainly is a precursor to The Sopranos, obviously. I think Chase um, is just kind of building on the themes here um, that the life is not what it's all cracked up to be. Like, uh, per se, with The Godfather, they make it look like an idealistic life, at least in the beginning of one, right? But uh, this movie, Sopranos, it shows you that this world is not a place you want to be. It's got incredibly high points, but yeah. also low points that I hope I never see. It's got high points that I'm sure I'll never see as well. But <laughs> right. um, yeah, um, but I mean, there's definitely some scenes in there where you're like, yeah, I could see how they can get into that, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's not without good marketing to get new members, you know? Right, right. You know? Um, <laughs> it just did. It did look like it did look like a lot of fun, you know. I'm still going out, Karen. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, well, that's like, a, that's an amazing Leona. We need to hear that a few more times. I was gonna say, like, who does who who goes out gambling on a Tuesday night and gets home at like five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and he's getting yelled at by his mother-in-law. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to take that. <laughs> Oh, what kind of people are they, Andre? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just did a decent meal in six weeks. <laughs> Dad hasn't said anything at all. Ma! <laughs> I haven't uh, said a meal in that long either, and I don't have anywhere near the stress. Oh, so many good performances in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's great. So, well, I mean... Goodfellas, I mean, it's it's essentially the story of Henry Hill, uh, his life from a young young boy growing up, uh, always wanting to be a gang- gangster, obviously achieving that dream. And um, I guess the path um, that he followed uh, once he did achieve that dream and to maintain it. And then uh, it, ultimately it's downfall. <laughs> right. um, yeah. Hard to believe that that happens, but yeah. Yeah, but it's funny. Like, I mean, this this is going to be one of those those movies. I I feel like it's going to be very easy to plot stop. Um, I think there's a couple of key points in this that you know we can really hit this off at the pass early. Um, because from from like the get go throughout this film, I mean, this whole movie is essentially a confluence of just horrible, horrible, horrible decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it is. <laughs> and if we can maybe help him make an alternative choice at some point, um, things will turn out much differently for our friend Mr. Hill. <laughs> um, so I think w- with that, then I think you should kick it off because I personally i'm struggling to try to figure out how henry would make any different decisions and the reason i say that um is say unlike shawshank where there you could see multiple choices being had um henry says in the very beginning he's he says as far as i can remember all i ever wanted to be was a gangster so it's like i don't know what if you threw anything else out in front of him if he was going to actually want to do that this is the life he wanted however I would love to hear what you have to say. Where would you stop this thing? Okay, so unlike with Shawshank, where every means of stopping the plot uh, that I came up with, unfortunately, dealt with Andy's demise, which I think we said in our first episode we mm-hmm. couldn't do that. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I Not broke that rule. That was different. Yeah, yeah. I broke that rule multiple times, which is probably <laughs> why um, 
we did not end up choosing mine because, you know, I killed Andy a lot, a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this plot stop um, is going to happen very early in the movie. um, And it is going to be in the scene where he is having, I, I think he's in his room. Um, this is a scene where his father comes up to him and you can tell something's wrong. His father looks pissed and says, uh, so how was school today? Uh, he's like, oh yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, yeah. You learn a lot. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. And then he pulls his belt off and starts beating the crap out of him because mm-hmm. he just got a letter home from school that said he had not attended in months. Yeah. So he obviously administers the beating um which henry hill at this point was like you know whatever every once in a while i think he even narrates and says you know every everyone takes a takes a beating every once in a while (laughs) it's not a big deal um which in this instance it may not be but his father doubles down on this um after the beating from that day forward rather than letting him walk to school personally drives him to school um starting the very next day and make sure he begins attending classes um Hmm. and then i think from that point um henry hill for lack of uh an alternative doesn't have any other choice but to attend school and begin doing well in school otherwise is you know father will restrict him further i think he'll probably um also in this in this plot stop uh prevent him from going to the cab stand and working for uh 2d and paul cicero um so ultimately ending henry hill's uh gangster career uh at a very early age and i think that's gonna happen probably at i want to say like 10 15 minute mark in the movie yeah, that sounds about right. So that's good. I think I, I think the theme of your plot stop is better parenting. Right, right. And then, you know, coupled with uh, strong education um, and then maybe maybe the uh, I don't know, the fostering of some values, perhaps <laughs> different values i mean mobsters have values they're just not the same values as that mean you have well okay so it's it's a it's a it's a course correction of his moral compass uh at a young age okay so let's talk about this one if if his dad drops him off you're assuming that henry doesn't just ditch after his dad drops him off Okay, yes, I'm going to make a bunch of assumptions. His father's going to go out of his way to make sure he goes into the school, and I think he's also going to now keep a watchful eye on his grades um, and, you know, make sure he's attending his classes. And, you know, the dropping off of school, that is sort of ceremonial to the probably speaking to the principal and saying, okay, I need your help. I'm going to bring him in. You make sure he stays, make sure he does his work. Um, you know, there's a lot of moving parts in this plot stop, uh, in order for it to work effectively. Um, you know, cause yes, obviously if he could, the the I, in the beginning of the movie, his mother would watch him walk down to the corner, and then he'd peek around the corner after his mom went inside, and then he'd go back to the cab stand and start driving cars for Tootie. In yeah. this scenario, he's at school, so you know if his father looks out the window and he's like, "Oh, that's my son driving cars," like <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the gig's already up. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think that it, yeah, if he can, if if school can actually save Henry Hill in this case, then Dad getting him to stay there would would get it done. I'm not so confident Henry's he he doesn't seem to care about consequences. Uh, no, no, right? I think he's made that ultimately very very apparent throughout <laughs> the film. Yeah, so I'm not sure what what Dad his leverage i'm not sure what his leverage is even if he kicked him out of the house he would just go he would just go to the he would just go to the guys 
right? He would go stay with somebody. I, I mean, I figured if he got if he got older and he kept in good touch with them, I mean, he could work after school with them and maybe on the weekends, you know, like a, <laughs> like a part-time monster. job. Yeah, like like I mean, it would have been like working at Burger King, you know, when we were in high school, you know. Yeah. So, I, I think still like at some point, one hundred dollar tip from Robert De Niro, and he's like, oh fuck this. I think if you could keep him from meeting Jimmy Conway, yeah, that would be that would be. Uh, I think that was one of those pivotal moments. I mean, that's a pivotal moment in the movie for me. <laughs> Robert De Niro shows up. I was like, dude, I'll get I'll get you a sandwich. Yeah, in his prime. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I'll. I wouldn't want to be around those guys getting drinks, like going around. I would do that. Seven and seven and and a, and a sandwich. I just yeah. don't want to do the crime. I'll do all the other stuff. Yeah, I'm not into the you know the murder and the blowing up cars and stuff and yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm kind of with you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so I think it's a possibility, um, but I'm have to go a little darker on this. Okay. So the only way I feel like Henry can be saved is someone has to go down. So the dad has to essentially sacrifice himself to save Henry. Whoa. All right. Meaning, and this is borrowing a bit from a Bronx. So you see Robert De Niro do this in a Bronx. So he goes down and confronts Sonny, right? And essentially they give him a beating. So I think in this case, the dad, as opposed to trying to tell Henry, no, which doesn't work. He tries it once, doesn't work. He confronts. He confronts whoever he's going to confront down there and say, stay away from my son. And they're going to give him a beating and then they kill him because oh. he doesn't relent. And then Henry's like, man, kill my, kill my, I mean, he didn't like his dad, but I'm sure if he killed his dad, maybe he would have been like, oh, fuck you guys. How old is this happening? Is this about the same time as the, yeah. the month, the letter home? Yeah. Oh, so he's young enough where he's still like, he stole his dad. It's not like he's 18 or something. I feel like that's the only way to shake Henry out of it is to really just that or. Or and wait, hold on. There's a, there might be another way that the his brother. What's his brother's name? Oh. Oh, I forgot his name. Well, it doesn't matter. Oh, like it's, he's, it's Mikey, isn't it? I is think it it's Mikey? his brother Mikey. Yeah. His brother Mikey is, is just minding his own business, coming home one day, and the guys like pick a fight with him or whatever, and like maybe they go after him, and they hurt him worse or even kill him because he's mouthing off to them or something. You know, who knows? Something like that. I don't have something solid, but it has to be something his dad or brother needs to get taken out by the, these mob guys. It's the only way Henry's going to be like, I don't want this life. I I think I think the father one is I think that's perfect. I think that would I think that you're you're right. Like he would need to see something shocking like that to 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 turn his to maybe look at them in a different way. Like, wait, these guys at the cab stand are not all that great. Yeah, he needs to see what he sees at the end, which is Paulie just saying, like, hey, get out of my life, man. Right, he needs to eventually come to that conclusion that these people won't, don't want to help at all. It's all about them. They're all selfish. Even Henry is. I mean, they all are, right? But he doesn't see it until he's got to save his own ass. So I don't know in this scenario how he's actually even saving his own ass, other than having to take care of his family, his mom and his brother, if his dad's gone. Yeah. Which maybe you go to crime to try to support them. I mean, who knows, right? But well, yeah, then it might yeah. get worse. You know, it might. Yeah, it could go. <laughs> I think no matter what we do, Henry's ending up with these guys. I mean, he just doesn't seem like someone who's ever going to uh, want to, quote unquote, play by the rules, if you will. So, OK, so, you know what? You bring up a really good point um, that this is what this is what Henry wants. It's not so much about um, like this is his, his goal and his dream. And in order to take that away from him um 
we're trying to dissuade him from making that choice. Right. So I've got another one in mind where I think <laughs> that ef- effectively takes it removes the choice from from him. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes, and it does so in a way without killing him, which is also a positive. Well, that's new for you too. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I'm coming off a I'm coming off a <laughs> season high victory on on uh, Andy Dufresne last week. Yeah, so okay. Um, so following the beating, uh, that his father gave him when the letter got sent home from school, if you remember, he went back to the cab stand, told Tootie, he's like, look at my face. I have to quit. My father's going to kill me. And he's like, you're going to fuck everything up. Come on, get in the car, come with me. And they go to the post office and they wait for the mail carrier that delivers mail to their house. And little Henry Hill finally says, yeah, that's the guy. And they grab Henry Hill's mailman, throw him in the back of the car, drive back to the cab stand and throw after beating the shit out of the poor guy. They throw him into the pizza oven. (laughs) Yes, Um, they do. (laughs) So (laughs) in the movie, the mail carriers like that and they stop delivering mail to the house because they're terrified. Yeah. So I know this is a little a little early, but if you remember, like in the 70s and the 80s, postal workers were were world renowned for snapping and doing so in a spectacular fashion. Yeah, we grew up with that with that image. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Guys were just losing their minds and, you know, unfortunately taking it out on their coworkers. So in this plot stop. Our mail carrier goes back to the post office, obviously a little beaten up, a little terrified, you know, smelling of fresh pizza and uh, tells his fellow mail mail carriers what happened to which the group of post office workers loses their minds, goes crazy, goes down to the cab stand, not looking for a beating, but looking for outright revenge and ends up killing all of the mobsters at the cab stand. Um, postal so, style. They go oh, yeah, postal, they postal. Yeah. on the cab stand and they kill everyone there and including Tootie, Paul Cicero and all of their henchmen. And there is no more mob or gangsters across the street from Henry Hill anymore. So this is, Saving the city, not only from the mob, but eventually and even Rudy Giuliani, I guess. Yeah. That never happens. You're stopping a whole chain of events. I like this. This is a good one. Uh, my only thing is with this, is the postal <laughs> thing, was that a real thing? Was it, <laughs> I felt like that was just a random joke. Oh, no, that happened. That People happened recently, postal? too. Yeah. Didn't, somebody happened just... recently? Yeah, I think somebody just shot up a post office. I mean, it, lately, unfortunately, there's been way too much of that going on. Um, but I think someone at a post office actually killed a bunch of their coworkers. I think it was in California. Oh, well, sorry about that. Um, okay. <laughs> Look at you. Like, I don't believe anything I read on the news. I don't. I don't. <laughs> you know me, Pat. You know me. Yes. If it wasn't well, okay. on CNN, yeah. I don't believe it, Pat. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Um, if Anderson Cooper isn't saying it, I'm not hearing it. Yes, yeah. then, I, then I don't believe it. Then it didn't happen. <laughs> um, okay, so I like the I like the that's the that's a reasonable. Where were the postal workers getting their boys back on this one? Yeah, yeah. Right? I, this is this is set in this is in Queens, right? Um. The beginning of Goodfellas? I'm pretty oh, sure it is. Yeah. Oh, that's bullshit. You're yeah. Right. I think that would, be, that would be a much better way to get, you know, Henry out of it is just to get rid of the mob. I, how great would that too, that scene be, too? I mean, imagine, like, the end of Snatch when the gypsies yeah. take out the mob. Think of the same thing, except they're all <laughs> yeah. wearing, like, like blue, blue blazers and those really cool hats. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see that. Well, there it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's very good. That's very good. All right. Well, I think of those two or three, I like the post office one. (laughs) 
That's great. That was going to be my joke one. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Have you got any more? Well, I don't have any. As I said, I I I can't really see any way that Henry ever doesn't get himself into the mob. So I can't. I really don't feel I can stop any of that. There's other things in the story though that I think can be stopped because of the idiotic decisions that were made all throughout. Yeah, yeah. Right? Common common sense does not. No. True. No. So let me let me just pick off one and maybe we can just talk about a few of these things and get this thing going a little bit. Sure. But let's go to the famous scene with Am I a clown? Do I amuse you with Pesci? Okay. Which is an amazing scene, which apparently Pesci says that happened to him. Oh, like someone pretended. Way back before, I think he was an actor, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think he hung out with a lot of these guys. But anyway, um, so (laughs) so I can't, what's the uh, the bar owner's name? Do you happen to know? Oh, wait, hang on a minute. Uh, Sonny. Is it Sonny? Sonny, Sonny. Yeah, yeah, you remember Sonny, you're a real piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that whole scene can easily be stopped. Why in the world would you go up to a crazy mobster in front of all of his friends and say, Hey man, can you pay your bill? You deadbeat? Why wouldn't you wait for him to go to the bathroom? Hey, Tommy, like, hey, I want to get you something. Do you mind come over here for a second? Hey, hey, man, I don't want to talk to you in front of all your friends. But listen, I'm really struggling here. The bill is $5,000. It's 5G. Listen, 5Gs is the full bill. You know this is like at least half of this is going to be my cost. Can you can you cut me can you cut me half of this, please? Like, I love that you guys are being here, but I can't keep the doors open if you keep doing this. And at least if he does it in private, maybe he still takes a beating. But it's certainly not public. You get a better shot. Like, why would you do that out in front of everybody? That's insane. Insanely stupid. Yeah, I don't I don't know. That makes no sense to me either. I I don't think I don't think there's any situation where that he would not. I mean, I don't think he would have gotten the beating, but I don't I definitely don't think he would have gotten paid. He may not have gotten paid. But definitely. I, I feel like he gave a better shot of not getting a beating. Now, if a tiny mobster starts beating you up and you fight back and start beating him up, it, I'm assuming that's not allowed, right? Okay. I think you're okay. He's not a made guy. But his crew that's hanging out there would that's probably... I mean, listen, these guys aren't like, oh, 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 the tribal council says it's not okay. To, I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. But I think, you know, go watch you see with Spider. <laughs> he stands up to Tommy and gets killed after he gets shot by him. Well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the alternative yeah. is like take. That's you gotta. Take, you can't do it in front of anybody. Take the beating and don't don't fight back. Otherwise, you you know the beating becomes uh you know a slight case of death. Yeah. Even right. Even as a as a young person watching this, <laughs> by the, what I what I took away from this is if I'm ever in a situation around mob guys, if I have any sort of problem. It's going to be in private and it's not going to be threatening. It's just going to be like, Hey, can you, can you pay me some money? Something like that. It's never going to be, Hey, I'm going to go to the cop. Like none of that shit. I don't, I I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to be in that situation ever. Fair enough. And if I do have a problem, then guess what? I don't have a problem. (laughs) Yeah. Well, fair enough. Yeah. I don't think, yeah. That's one of those things where I'm like, Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll bite the bullet on that one. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I think he made a huge mistake just doing that in front of everybody. So I'd stop it there. I'd stop that whole scene there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, and we, here's here's a question for you. You know, we just finished a movie uh, last week about prison. How great did prison look in this film? Oh, my God, yeah. Like, I... They were eating better than I eat now, and I'm I'm not in prison. <laughs> yeah. I mean, two bottles of wine every night. Like uh, he had like full full containers of deli meat. Did you see the size of those sausages he pulled out? Yeah. <laughs> like and steaks and lobsters. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they 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 had the whole place rigged up, right? 
So it helps when you're, you know, racketeering all over the place. You have everybody in your pocket. You just get everything that you want. So, I mean, that's where they romanticize some of this life a little bit, right? But um, in the end, I feel like uh, it all comes crumbling down anyway. Agreed. I, I guess that was the drug thing, which is ultimately that's what brought down the Godfather too, right? The mm. Yeah, so to get uh, maybe somewhat technical of anything that I do know about any of this stuff, I think uh, from watching one of these – there's probably a ton of them on Netflix and whatnot. Like they talked to old mob guys and old guys in the FBI and all this stuff. And certainly when Rico comes around, uh, they could build these cases, but I think the drugs became an easy, made the mob guys an easy target because it was easy to, well, if you caught somebody with drugs or distribute or distributing Coke or whatever, the penalties were severe. And the Sopranos kind of covers this. Like 25 years, if you get stuck distribu- uh, distributing coke, I have trouble saying that, but distributing coke, <laughs> right? So, so it wasn't like even points so or something up, like Mike. this. And maybe it's a year or two. Like Polly was doing a year for contempt. I think Henry, they were sentenced to 10, but like these sentences were 25 to life for for narcotics. So it just it it it. it, it created a situation where everyone started ratting on each other because no one wanted to go away for that long what did uh what did paulie do to get a year for contempt i like guess Brian, he was probably called to testify and he was like no oh okay i was I thinking maybe like it, but i imagine something like that bribed a juror or something like that yeah yeah oh that's yeah, interesting so I, I think that's where i think that's where the crack started to form because um guys just start ratting each other out as opposed to just going to jail for a year or two they took it as like oh whatever go away for a couple of years not a big deal <laughs> yeah that was the thing right. like you know and what's that's why it's genie, that. he went yeah. he went away to get away from genie yeah i mean essentially <laughs> they're sh- <laughs> right they're showing like the guys up in prison almost like we've had to live through corona it's like well, it was not much of a difference yeah like, ellie meets delivered you know i'm not going out anywhere right yeah. yeah, and the room looked cool, and then at the end of the night, they drank wine and played cards. I, I'm not, like, this doesn't seem that bad. But then you yeah. turn out, you change that to 25 years of that, and you don't get those sweet amenities, then it's like, oh, shit, I ain't going away. Then you get you get bogs and a screwdriver to the side of the head while you distribute blowjobs to the sisters. Yeah, that's when you say, like, oh, yeah, Paulie's in charge. He told me to do it. <laughs> that's when that shit oh, starts yeah. happening. Oh, you like deli meats? Here you go. Yeah, this one's called salami. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, yeah they've almost plot stopped themselves with all the drug trafficking they were doing. Yeah, they were doing good up until that point, but I think the the profit <laughs> I think the profit on on the drugs was so high that they couldn't they couldn't turn their back on it. It was the the group from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um. But yeah, when they got when they got fucked, they got they got fucked. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. So okay. So we covered that stuff. What about um, any other fun scenes that you'd like to uh, that you would like to stop? Um, is there anything else that jumps out at you? I think I may have one or two more I'd like to take a crack at. I mean. I feel one of those scenes that you were talking about where like there's there's no there's no consequences or none of them fear consequences whatsoever uh and yeah. especially between them so when Billy Bats mouthed yeah. off to Tommy in the bar I was like yeah. no 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 just no, just have a have a drink. Don't tell him to get his shine box. Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, so I think the context here, though, they try to point this out. And this is probably the first time I understood what, like, what a made guy was, right? Yes. Like, I think Henry narrates this. He's like, a made guy was a real – he says something like it's a real big deal with the, you know, with the, with the Italians or whatever he says. Um, so with, he, he's a made guy, and he's been away – I don't know how long, 10 years, something like that? It seemed like it was a substantial amount, yeah. Yeah, he's away for a long time. Tommy, I, I, Pesci's character is only supposed to be like in his 20s or something, even though he's, you know, 
Joe Pesci in his 50s. Yeah, he's like 50. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So at the time, Billy goes away. This guy, Tommy, is probably like a teenager selling cigarettes out of the back of the club, right? So he yeah. goes back and he's just kind of – he doesn't know that he's a maniac, right? So he's a big, tough-made guy. He's not supposed to get touched. He's probably just like, does have no idea he's a maniac. So he's just mouthing off to him, as these guys do. They're not the brightest guys in the world either, right? So I, can, I can't really – of course, when you're watching, you're like, shut up, because we know that Pesci's a maniac, but Bats doesn't. Yeah, does he give a does he give a clue before that, like, or was this his first moment in the film where we're like, oh, this guy's, this guy's maybe, I, I guess at the dinner table, yeah. uh, at the at the restaurant that you, you yeah, were talking I guess about. that, yeah, and I guess as the audience too, we know because he's stabbing him in the beginning. I don't think we know it's Billy Bats. I don't think I mean now you know, but I don't think when the movie first started you would have remembered that. But you saw him actually stabbing a guy in a trunk. In the beginning, right? Yes. Yeah. And Tommy, is this, Tommy, this no. Is, yeah, and I don't know if this is after the he shoots Imperioli or not. No, I think right. this is the first. This is the first thing. Um, yeah, that this is the first time he goes. He, yeah. Well, we see him actually kill somebody. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a tough one. I think that. Uh, Certainly, when he yells like "Keep him here, keep him here," and then yeah, <laughs> like, that's yeah, I'd be like, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna... uh, you know, I'm just gonna tell you yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. Well, I, you know, you you brought up the point about being a made guy. I think that comes with a certain amount of privilege and invincibility, where I can mouth off to whoever I want to mouth off to, because no one here at this bar is a made guy. You right. Know, so I can talk that's, to Tommy however I want. Yeah, and I think that's yeah, I think it's and then and then Tommy gets whacked for it. So Yeah, he was so he was probably like, Yeah, there's no way this guy's gonna do anything to me. I got nothing to worry about. Really the stop really should just be Tommy just not being a maniac. You know, I, yeah, all right. Guy, right? And how do you how the hell do you do that? <laughs> make sure you make sure that he I don't I don't know. I don't I guess I don't know. This really had his Henry and uh, and Jimmy yeah, have a little sit down with them and say like, hey man, why don't you calm down a little bit? You know. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that conversation, like that intervention, would go about as well as asking for his six thousand dollar bar tab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any way you could be like, hey, how, how about some how about some counseling? You yeah. know. Some counseling. Yeah. 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 A little, a little yeah. anger, a little anger management, maybe. You yeah, know? maybe. They should, yeah, they should, they should have had that. Um. All right. So, I like to skip to another scene in which I absolutely do not want to stop, and I love watching it over and over again. Okay. It's when uh, Karen's neighbor takes a beating from him. Oh yes. After he like tries to molest her. <laughs> Wait, I don't mean to laugh at the. I didn't mean to laugh at him molesting her. I'm laughing at the, I'm laughing at the scenario when he walks up to the three of them yeah. and he's like, because I think I used to say this to you sometimes, like, hey, you want something? Fuck oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this guy seems pretty tough, and then it just goes south. Goes south really fucking fast. Oh yeah, I've never I seen. I I would. Like this is one of those those parts in a movie where I'm like, oh, I can identify myself in the scene, and I was that guy behind the car going, don't shoot. Oh, definitely, that's me. I was like, oh my god, am I in this movie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like 100. <laughs> percent Like, hey, you know, and if that was you all bleeding all over the driveway, I'd be like, Mike, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, I didn't help you, but he was beating you with a gun. Yeah. Oh, like situation. But you know, at the same time, like, here's an idea: don't, don't, don't rape. Uh, you know, it's it's not nice. It's not a good thing to do. And you know, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I don't think I need to really expand on that. How about let's just not rape? Yeah, there's a lot of lessons in this movie. That's yeah, one. that's a that's a great one. That's, that's a great one right there. Yeah. You know, um, 
loyalty to your to your spouse that might be another one that we could that we can maybe learn we can learn <laughs> we, yeah, you know. well, how about, yeah or even still uh another scene that i wouldn't want to stop is when karen shows up uh at uh henry's gumar's house or her apartment <laughs> building and like a greatest move of all time of hitting all the buttons right and like announcing that she's a whore <laughs> Janice Rossi. Yeah, like I almost want to just go around to apartment buildings and just and just find a name and just say something about that person to the whole building. Like that doesn't I, seem like something you should be allowed to just anyone should be able to, allowed to press. I wonder, <laughs> and I'm sure this has happened. Um, like people have probably gone to gone to that same building. Like I could see myself doing that in the middle of the night in college, like oh, drunk. And just hitting 2R and Absolutely. seeing if Janice Rossi's home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. I would completely do that. Rejected. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, like have Martin Scorsese turn the building into a landmark because of Janice Rossi and her being a whore. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I do like I do like your idea of like you know basically dropping the scarlet letter on whosoever button answers first and it just would even be that it would just be anything pick a name like yeah like anything right. like so and so's like you know a Yankees fan when you're in Boston you know something like that it could be something yeah. like that all right so you know yeah, I, I don't have to you know, yeah. it could be like I don't have to slut shame anybody yeah <laughs> I think I think a Yankees fan in Boston is probably way worse than being a whore. Yeah, absolutely is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So <laughs> I, I think, um, is there anything else? Uh, just trying to think of some other scenes that some had some pivotal choices. Karen doing a good thing and not walking into that to get her dresses at Jimmy Point or two towards the end. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's why it started to get really, really dark in the movie. Yeah, it started where... to get dark. So, like, you know, no reason, no reason to plot stop that. I feel like maybe the biggest one at the end is just, I mean, the greatest scene of our flush in the coke. <laughs> <laughs> and Henry's like, they would have never found. Like, are you fucking kidding? Of course they would have found. It's it a bag of cocaine. That's what they're looking for. Yeah, and where she had it in like the top shelf in the in the in like behind the dishes in the yeah, kitchen cupboard. He, it was yeah, yeah, he leaves it like puts it next to like the soup bowls. Yeah, it wasn't it oh, wasn't no, really was strategically found, you know, placed. You could tell yeah, he'd definitely been on the shit for too long at that point. <laughs> it would have never found it like <laughs> I would have found it and I have no idea what I'm doing. Seriously, that would have been like the second drawer I looked in. Oh, hey, look, hey guys, cocaine. <laughs> Good job, Detective Mike. With like a sign in front of it that says "Not yes. Cocaine." Why did you do that, Karen? Uh, they never would have found it, Karen. Would have never found it. Like, what are you kidding? That's why I kind of wish you would have just been like, "Are you kidding me, man?" Well, the funny <laughs> thing is, is talking she, about she pours all that cocaine down down the down the toilet and then takes the revolver and puts it in her panties. And I was like, um, okay. Great job with the coke. The gun. The I mean, it looks like you have a penis now. Yeah, that was a plastic Burroughs move right there. Right. I mean, that was that was that was not really well thought out. I mean, I I don't know what the alternative. I guess you can't flush a gun, but you can't flush a gun. No. <laughs> I, I also, you she should have taken a little sure about that. She should have t- <laughs> she, she should have taken a little bump before she flushed the last of it too. Just to right. Like, do you think that would have relaxed her? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Just, I mean, it's a lot of cocaine. Let's just try some of it. Yeah. Have a little, have a little taste. (laughs) (laughs) So that was great. Um, (laughs) I love that. I just love that scene. Um, Okay. So I I think after this, um, there's nothing else to really stop, right? I mean, at this point, he's pinched he's gonna go away a long time right and this is getting back to what we were talking about before so now he's got a rat on everybody because there's no protection so i guess my only other stop here which is for the mob to get their shit together a little bit more which would be they need they should have been pulling all their resources for expert legal counsel for everybody who's in the crew even so that way 
if they do get pinched, like the most high priced lawyers I can find are at the police station. They're taking care of this thing. That's the only thing like, and actually have it organized, organized crime of organized legal representation for everybody, as opposed to just everyone getting their own lawyers. It's crazy. Well, it seemed like they had that in the beginning when, uh, you know, the, Hey, you popped your cherry scene. They had that, that one guy smiles and and he has that horrible gold tooth. Yeah. And the judge is like, all right, who's next? Yeah, maybe they've shown that it's eroded a little bit, but it doesn't seem like for the big crimes there was any real, like you had to get your own lawyer. I'm saying like one lawyer for the whole thing, the whole crew. Yeah, they never really – well, that's the thing. Aside from the very end when he's testifying, and but he's not really even testifying. He's just basically pointing out the the members of the crew – you know, he points out Jimmy Conway and then he points out uh, Paul Cicero and then, you know, the guy asked him about being a rat. But there's never really they don't spend a lot of time on the actual court cases. They don't. Um, no, they don't. Which is probably good. It's not really. A, no, it would have slowed everything down. There's not much drama there. Right. But uh, well, think about this, though. Sitting in the in the witness, sitting on the witness stand and then having to point out Jimmy Conway and Paul Cicero. Like, I probably would have been so filled with gas. (laughs) I would be farting up there. I'd be so nervous, and I wouldn't be able to point. I'm like, these guys are ruthless killers, and he's about to call them out in front of everybody. Um, Yeah, but he's been already witness protection at that point. I mean, the point of the – I think no matter what, they would have been – they would have been dead whether he did that or not. Um, which is why, like, you know, Jimmy wanted Karen to go into that, um, warehouse with the, uh, with the dresses, you know, yeah, go pick out a, no, 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 it's right in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. uh, maybe, maybe one for my mom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, I think, I think Jimmy was going to knock her off. Right no, then I, there. I think it was what he had to do, but still, I, I don't think he'd be nervous. Just like the act, he's got to sit there now. He's got to do it. You know, I just feel like I'd be really nervous. They show him to be like kind of cool as a cucumber. Uh, yeah, but I, I, maybe maybe the mob at that point had already been like broken down, and he was in such witness yeah, protection that it was okay. I heard um, I heard a story. Uh, I think Leota Ray Leota was on like one of the talk shows. And he said they were all out to dinner after one of the premieres and Henry Hill actually showed up at the dinner and was like, Hey Ray, how you doing? And he, he was like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should say hi, Henry. And introduce him. <laughs> yeah. he was like, are you like, are you, should you not be here? Like <laughs> yeah, he was he out was, once he left witness protection. Yeah. He was back out and about. He was on doing book tours and all this stuff. Yeah. And I think he, I think he got arrested again too. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. After, but yeah, so I mean, I know I, I, Paul Cicero died um, before the movie came out, and then I think Jimmy Conway actually just died like ten years ago. Yeah, some yeah, uh, some recently. Yeah, you know, I think they they all end up dying of lung cancer. Which the one thing we don't ever talk about is the fact that those guys are smoking cigarettes. Like, I think more than they're doing crime, it's insane. Oh my god, and Winston's. My parents smoked Winston's. Yeah, that's like the. You know, what is that? The granddaddy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's certainly they're they're pretty potent and they smoke three, four or five packs a day, probably. Yeah. I, those guys had cigarettes in their mouths the entire movie. Yeah. yeah. They must have been the actors themselves must have been sick. Right. Yeah. Well, we're well, all the old has got the commercial chantics. Yeah. He probably I mean. Like, seriously, the next time they have, like, a scene where you're a character and he's got to play, it's like, dude, can we not have this guy be a smoker? Yeah. Like, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, you, you know what's funny? I watched, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I watched this shitty Seagal movie. I know that's kind of redundant. Um, but it's, like, one of his newer ones where he's he's basically doing nothing and they got, like, a younger cool guy in it. Um, <laughs> the younger cool guy in this was, like... He always had a cigarette in his mouth, but it was so obvious that he wasn't smoking them. Was he just puffing on them? Yeah, he was yeah, doing so that like, quick drag. Mouth, yeah. But I was like, dude, like, 
he had a cigarette behind his ear, which I was like, I haven't seen that since like, you know, I think Schneider from, uh, <laughs> what was that? Oh my Valerie God, was Schneider from Valerie Bertinelli's show. One day at a time. Exactly. He used to put he, it behind his ear. I think so. That was like his thing. I was like, who puts a cigarette for behind that? What would you, yeah. Why would you put it there? What are you going to do with it there? I, I know. I'm like, why couldn't you just? Why don't you just keep the other one in your in your pack? Okay. Yeah, when you need it. Then oh, you not it lit. Yes. Oh, I see. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it was confusing. It, it was just okay. like it was like his on deck his on deck uh, smoke. Um, I could see putting it in your ear if you like you took your cigarette out and we, for whatever the reason it's not in your mouth, but you gotta like put something in your pocket so you gotta stash it somewhere real quick and. I don't know. He's putting in your mouth. That's where it goes. Yeah. No, I mean, I, obviously, yes. But no, this yeah. was his, like, because I'm, I'm a European <laughs> uh, special agent guy, and I'm always smoking. I, this is what my character does. <laughs> but he wasn't. I was like, dude, if you're going to go that hard and commit to the fact that this guy's a smoker, maybe, you know, maybe smoke the cigarette, because it's really apparent that you're not having the cigarette. <laughs> 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 it was really funny. Yeah. I was like, hey, look at me. I'm not smoking a cigarette. It sounds like a good Seagal flick. Yes. Well, I mean, fortunately, Seagal didn't act at all during the movie. So <laughs> it was like, you know, all the money, all the money that they spent on cigarettes for this actor, you know, didn't have to waste on lines of dialogue for Seagal. <laughs> we could stop that one by... Uh... I don't know, like not not getting a guy a pack of cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Raising should, the cigarette age to like ninety eight. We should do a Seagal movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, there's plenty of good ones. Uh, plenty. 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 Going All right. Out there. Plenty. All right. You really are. You're you're <laughs> you're, you're staking you're plenty. staking a claim on that one. I am. I am. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we have reached the end, my friend. Yeah, I think we've reached the end, so now it's time to pick pick the winner, um, or at least pick the one we're deciding to stop at. I um, I like the most viable one, which is the post office going postal. I think that is a perfect way to stop all this shit from happening, especially for Henry. What do you well, say? I am not going to argue with you for <laughs> two reasons. One, obviously, because it's mine. Um <laughs> And the other, well, the first, well, that's the first. The second being, I realized I don't think I've yet to win a plot stop. So, Drew, didn't you win Patriot? Patriot? No, I don't think so. No, I think we ended up giving that one to you because mine was too really ridiculous because I killed him. I did. I broke our rule. I killed him with a, like a staph infection from amputation. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, this will be this will be the first time I claim victory uh, on our podcast, and you know what? I'm going to do my victory lap. Yeah, well done, well yes. done, Patrick. <laughs> Why did you do that, Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been awesome, Mike, and uh, thanks again, everybody, for joining us on Plot Stoppers, and we will see you next time. Have a uh, great night, Mike. Yeah, you too, Pat. Take care, everyone.